0: Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla Dee, here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth. Not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good day, saints. Today is Saturday. It is June the 4th of the year 2023. I am the host, founder and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamala D. I hope this day finds you and your family well. Well, saints, we are going to conclude this episode. It's in two parts. So this is episode two of man, God, abortion, and death. Man, God, abortion, and death. And I will tell you that This has been tough for some people to hear and I could have gone on for six, maybe 10 episodes, but I have decided to only share two episodes and I've chosen scriptures that I think you need to hear. Now, I want to share with you again, the reason why I chose to do or to teach an episode about uh, man, God, abortion and death is because people who are ignorant of the Bible are trying to use the Bible to protest abortion. Now, for those who are listening for the first time, if you have not listened to episode one, I advise you to do so. But the Bible doesn't um, particularly address abortion. But it does talk about it being better that a child is stillborn than to enter into this this evil world, and it also addressed kids or children, small children, even infants being killed, and God never addressed it, never intervened to stop it. And um, it's rough and tough for some people to hear, but nevertheless, it's in the Bible. I didn't write it. I'm just the messenger. I just wanted to share this message so that you can know what the Bible says about man, God, abortion, and death. So with that said, let's continue to get this truth on the road. I will be reading from the New King James Version um, in episode two, unless I say otherwise. So you can go to Deuteronomy chapter 24. Deuteronomy chapter 24 and I will be reading um, verse 16 and you guys know the routine you can pause the tape and when you find the scripture you can press play and we will be on the same page. Verse 16 parents are not to be put to death for their children nor children put to death for their parents each will die for their own sin now I want to bring your attention to the Bible saying children not adults children parents were not to be put to death for their children nor children put to death for their parents each will die for their own sin now there are children who know right from wrong some mature quicker than others So what are we reading here? What we are reading is a law Moses put in place to confirm that your children are responsible for for their own actions. This doesn't say your adult children. I wanted to say that again. There are consequences for the actions of children. Now there are children who know right from wrong at an early age. It can be as early as four. That's why they hide it from you because they know what they are doing is wrong. They know you told them not to do such and such. So they wait until you turn your back or or when you are not there to do what you have asked them not to do. They know right from wrong when they do that. Now, I want to bring your remembrance back to episode one. Didn't God allow Elisha or either Elisha? Um, which is Elijah's protege, protege, Elisha the prophet, to call down a curse on some young boys who were teasing the prophet. And it allowed two bears, two strong bears, that curse did, to mow at least 42 of those boys. Some were killed and some were badly injured. Now, there are children who are disobedient to their parents. They are out there robbing people, killing people, carjacking people, and they are killed by people. The parents aren't saved and neither are the children. And I know this may ruffle some feathers, but we need to understand, saints, that everybody not saved. Everyone is not covered in the blood of Jesus. However, according to the Bible, parents are not to be put to death for their children. And with that said, I am 100% in agreement with children who commit adult crimes being charged as an adult. I am in 100% agreement with that. Now, God doesn't protect children just because they are children. If that were the case, we wouldn't have any children dying. Use your common sense. And because you are saved, doesn't mean your child is saved. Now we are all born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Lead your child to Christ as soon as he or she is able to understand what it means to be saved or born again. And Proverbs 22, 6 says, train up a child in the way he or she should go. And when he or she is older, they won't depart from that training. Now, remember when Jesus told Nicodemus in, in John uh, chapter three, verse three, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That word see in the Greek means come to know or either understand the kingdom of God. You know how someone is trying to explain something to you and you would say, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. That means, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Oh, I have come to know what you are saying. So we have to remember when Jesus said a man must be born again before we can even understand or or, or see the kingdom of God. Now, to be born again, we must first have been born of water. And that is from your mama's womb and the seed of your father. We must first have been born before we can be born again. So just because you're born don't mean you are born into salvation. We are born in sin and shaping in iniquity. Now, I want to point out that some people are trying to use Jeremiah chapter one, verse five as a means to protest abortion. Now let's go there because I want to blow that out of the water too. And I'm reading from the new King James in case I didn't mention that earlier. And remember, you can pause the tape. And when you find Jeremiah uh, one, five, you can press play and we will be on the same page. I am reading, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now, let's be clear here. This is personal. God is talking to Jeremiah the prophet. Before he was born, God set him aside and chose him to be a prophet at that time, That's what sanctified means. It means to be set aside to do a special work. Now, you can't use this scripture to defend abortion. Abortion has nothing to do with God. Let me say that again. Abortion has nothing whatsoever to do with God. It has everything to do with man. Now, this scripture has nothing to do with preventing abortion. Now, everyone is not chosen to be a prophet a minister of the gospel, a bishop or a a teacher of the gospel, if you are chosen by God before you were born, God will protect you while you are inside your mother's womb or after you are born. God will make sure what he appointed you to do, you will make it into this world, grow up, train to do what he called you to do. Now let's uh, read verses six through nine of Jeremiah, because I want you to see this. I want you to see that God is talking about Jeremiah, not people in general. Verse six says, then said I, this is Jeremiah talking back to God after God spoke to him. Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak. Now this was like Moses uh, told what he told God back in Exodus three, four for I am a youth. Verse seven and eight, I'm going to read through says, but the Lord said to me, do not say I am a youth for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you says the Lord. So be careful that you are not wanting to hear something to please your ears instead of hearing what the scriptures are actually saying. Be careful about that. But let's go to Isaiah chapter 55 and I'm going to read verses 8 and 9. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, it might seem horrible for it to be uh, legal to abort a baby, but we are dealing with some demonic forces on earth. And once again, everyone isn't saved, saints, or, or covered in the blood of Jesus. You have to accept Christ to be covered in and protected by His blood. John 3:18 says, "Those who don't believe are condemned already. those who don't believe are condemned already." And this is in your Bible, John 3:18. Now, our government is not a theocracy. It is not led by God. We need to understand that since the beginning of the american government they are working for themselves they are not working to provide for the needs of the people they are not working to protect the people they are not working to seek justice for people who are violated by other people our government doesn't acknowledge the god who created the heavens and the earth and we need to understand this they worship money money is their god That's why in God we trust is on the back of our money. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which means wealth or money. No Christian should put their trust in government. No Christian should. So if government legalized abortion, you don't have to have an abortion if you don't want to have an abortion. If government says we have to kill all the babies, no, you don't have to participate in that. And trust me, I'm going to address that as well. But if government says that it's it's legal to have an abortion, you can have one. God is not involved in any of this. Don't put your trust in government here. As a Christian, you shouldn't be out there protesting against or for. You shouldn't be pro-life or pro-choice. You need to stay at home and continue to pray and make sure you are doing God's will. Matthew 6, says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And I said that to say we should not be putting our trust in government for anything. If you are a Christian, you should be seeking God and his kingdom. And the Bible says, seek, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness is Jesus. That's who his righteousness is. That's in your Bible. And all these things shall be added unto you. And that's the basic needs of life. That is shelter. That is water. That is food. Anything that you need, God will provide it for you as long as you are seeking his kingdom and his righteousness. And he'll provide it for you. The government is not doing what God actually formed the government to do. Which is to make sure that people have the, what they need to live, and to make sure that the that our government seeks justice for those who are violated violated by other people, uh-huh now I'm a living witness to that. The government in in, in every country is controlled by Satan. You need to understand that we are not a theocracy. there are some countries who are professing to be under theocracy, meaning that led by God. But trust me, the United States definitely is not a theocracy. So let's look at how God in troubled times will protect his own. Let's look at the story of Moses. Go to Exodus chapter one. Exodus chapter one. God made a way to protect some babies and some babies got killed. The ones he protected Uh, are the ones that he chose to do some things for him. So what I'm going to do is read um, verses 9 and 10, and then I'm going to read verses 15 through 22. The reason I'm reading verses 9 and 10, because it tells you why Pharaoh ordered the young males to be killed, the young babies that were males to be killed. And that's written in verses 9 and 10 of Exodus chapter 1. So let me read. And I'm still in the New King James Bible. And he said to his people, this is Pharaoh talking, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. And verse 10 says, come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And it happened in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. And so go up out of the land. So what Pharaoh is talking about, look, the children of Israel were increasing. They were being, (laughs) look, they were multiplying at an alarming rate. And he was saying since they had them held in Egyptian bondage, that they may join forces with other countries that want to fight against them and then defeat them and then leave their land. So now let me read verses 15 through 22. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose names were Shifra and Puah, I do not know how to pronounce this name. Puah, P-U-A-H, Pa. Verse 16 says, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbirth on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, let her live. Verse 17 says, the midwives, however, feared God with a reverential fear. They had a lot of respect for God and did not do what the king of Egypt had told them to do. They let the boys live. Verse 18 says, then the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and asked them, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and gave birth before the midwives arrived. Now, of course they lied. They just didn't want to kill those innocent babies. Verse 20 said, so God was kind to the midwives. Let me read that again. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. Verse 21 says, and because the midwives feared God, He gave them families of their own who God gave the midwives families of their own. Verse 22 says, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, not just the midwives because he couldn't trust them. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw into the Nile, but let every girl live. Now, what we see here is God putting people in place to protect some, not all, Hebrew boys in Egypt. Now, the midwives feared God. Therefore, they did not do what the king commanded them. So God was kind to the midwives. He let them have their own families. And this is what the Bible says. I didn't make this up. This is what the Bible is saying. Now, in Exodus chapter 2, Moses was born. Moses's mother defied the government. She knew her baby was special. She had no idea how special he was, but she knew he was was born for a reason. She put him in a basket and sent him up the river and trusted God would protect him and he did. Moses was preordained to deliver the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Moses was protected for that reason. Now here I'm going to read what will look like a contradiction. Exodus 20 verses 5 and 6 says, You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Verse 6 says, But showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandment. Now, didn't we read, previously read in Deuteronomy twenty four sixteen that parents are not to be put to death for their children, nor children put to death for their parents. Each will die for their own sin. There is no contradiction here because Exodus 25, 6 appears to be contradictory where it says, you shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sin of the parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. Now, right here, we are talking about two different incidents. Now, Deuteronomy is the laws of Moses as well. And so is Exodus. Uh, Deuteronomy is known as the second giving of the law. Now, the difference is parents who are in compliance with the law, their children, they will not be put to death for the sins of the children and the children will not be put to death for the sins of the parents. But right here, what we have is a violation in Exodus 20, uh, five and six. It says that you shall not bow down to them or worship them. He's talking about idol gods. Um, we, what we see here is that children can be punished and put to death for what their parents did to the third and fourth generation. This has to do with the children of Israel worshiping pagan gods and bowing down to them. Now, as a result, their children were cursed. Now, we also read where God showed love to thousands of generations who loves him and keeps his commandments. So the difference is being in violation of his commandments where you can curse your children. Now, we don't know uh, what people are worshiping in their homes and exposing their children to. What I do know is I see on the news toddlers killing themselves with guns sitting on the table at home. Children overdosing on drugs left within their reach by their parents. Children accidentally shooting and killing a parent or sibling in a car or in their home. The ways of the world are practiced in the home, not the ways of God, not the commandments of God to love and to live holy, but the ways of the world, which anything goes. Now, as a result of that, no protection for you or your children are present. You are not covered in the blood of Jesus. The truth is meant to convict, not hurt. That's why I'm sharing this. It's meant to convict. It's meant to inform. It's not meant to hurt. But if it's causing you pain to hear it, I'm sorry. I, po- I apologize for that. Now, Jesus redeemed the children of Israel and their children from the curse of the law. That's written in Galatians 3.13. And that's for those who accept Christ as Lord and Savior. We have a lot of people who are still under the curse of the law. And I'm talking about children of Israel. And some are under the curse of the land due to the sin of Adam and Eve. And that's all non-Jews. Now, I want you to listen to a a, a prayer that King David had, a couple of these prayers, and God never intervened. Uh, Psalms 137 verses 8 and 9, it says, Daughter Babylon, doomed to destruction, happy is the one who repays you according to what you have done to us this is David being retaliatory. Now listen to verse nine. Happy is the one who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rocks. Now this is written by King David. Now kill the babies of his enemies. This comes out of the mouth of King David in his writings. Babies are supposed to be innocent creatures, right? Aren't they? Aren't they supposed to be innocent creatures? Now, God never spoke against David's prayer. He never spoke against it. There are no writings in the Bible where God spoke against King David's prayers about killing these infants of his enemies. Now, it doesn't mean that God honored it because there's no scriptures that support that he honored it or that he supported it. But rest assured, God didn't stop many babies from being killed, murdered, or slaughtered. And I'm just giving you scripture. Look at Psalms 58 verse eight, and this is King David still talking about the children of Babylon. May they be like a slug that melts away as it moves along, like a stillborn child that never sees the sunlight. Now again, David prays about a stillborn child or miscarriage. The child never sees the sun. So we know that babies didn't always live in the biblical days, just like today. Otherwise, why would King David know know about stillborns. Every baby, every woman who carried a child for either full term or maybe miscarriage before the full term, it happened back then just like it happens today and God never spoke against it. Now back in that day, times were so evil. King Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, it's better for a stillborn baby than a man that can enjoy the fruits of his labor. Now, it's better for a child never to enter this evil world. The times we are living in today are 100 times worse than in the biblical days. Now, you may not agree, but we are living in perilous times. However, Judgment Day is not yet here. The world and everyone in it will be judged. Now, Luke 144 says this, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears... The baby in my womb leaped for joy. Now, does this scripture sound familiar to you? Now, here we have John the Baptist being filled with the Holy Spirit while he was in his mother Elizabeth's womb. When he heard the voice of Jesus' mother Mary, he leaped for joy. Now, John the Baptist was chosen by God to pave the way for the coming of the Lord Jesus the Christ. Now, God made sure he was born. Remember, he protected Moses as well. And he also protected John the Baptist. Now, couples having a baby uh, in Exodus chapter 21, verses 22 through 24 says, if a person accidentally hits a pregnant woman, this is what needs to be done. So pregnant women who are pregnant by their husbands should be protected. Verse 22 says, "If, if people are fighting... And hit a pregnant woman and she gives birth prematurely, but there is no serious injury. The offender must be fined whatever the woman's husband demands and the court allows. Verse 23 says, but if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life. Verse 24 and verse 25 says, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot. Burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. Now, these scriptures are written in the laws of Moses. Couples expecting husbands, please make sure your wife and child are protected. Now, the ultimate protection of a baby is written in Matthew chapter 2. I will be reading verses 10 through 18, and I am still reading from the New King James version of the Bible. Chapter 10 says, when they saw the star they rejoiced with great joy. Verses 11 and 12 says, and when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Verses 13 and 14 says, now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Verse 14 and 15 says, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Verse 16 and 17 says, Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and he sent forth and put to death all the male children, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts. From two years old and under, they were put to death, saints, ordered by Herod the king, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men and I want to bring something else to your attention that has nothing to do with this but I but to dispel um these false narratives about the wise men bringing uh gifts to Jesus in a manger while he was an infant Jesus was a toddler and was at a house he was not in a manger when the wise men brought him gifts he was a toddler you where we read it says that when they, when the men arrived, they saw the young child, not the infant. That's in verse 11 with Mary, his mother, they saw who is they, the wise men. They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, which is why Herod said from the ages two and under kill all of those babies, the baby boys. Let me read 16 again. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry and he sent forth and put to death, not he tried, not he ordered, he sent forth his army and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Verse 17 and 18 says, Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation, weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. Now Rachel weeping for her children was prophesied in Jeremiah 31, 15, in which Rachel, entombed near Bethlehem some 13 centuries before the Babylonian captivity, is seen weeping for her children as they are led away in 586 B.C. In the slaughter of the male infants at the time of Christ's birth, Rachel is again seen weeping for the violent loss of her sons. Now, we all know that God was going to protect his unborn son, Jesus the Christ. Jesus had to be born so he could die for the sins of the world and nothing was going to stop that saints. We all know that, but I want you to notice God did not prevent all the innocent male children from ages two and under from being murdered by a mad king. God is an evil people being led by Satan, are the evil ones. Now, for those who want to know who Rachel is, Rachel is the younger daughter of Laban and the wife of Jacob whose name was changed to Israel. Rachel is the mother of Joseph and Benjamin, who became two of the 12 tribes of Israel. You can read about that in Genesis 35, beginning at verse 24 in Genesis 46, beginning um, at verses 15. Her maid Bilhah is the ancestor of two more sons, Dan and Nephtali. They were a part Of the tribe of Israel as well in Genesis 35, beginning at verse 25, and you can read Genesis 46, beginning at verse 23. Now, Genesis 29 and nine says that Rachel was a shepherdess and she was also a prophetess. Uh Uh-huh. I just thought I'd throw that little nugget in there. Now, saints, as I close, I want to share my final thoughts with you. You can't use the Bible to defend abortion. You can't use the Bible to confirm that God took someone's infant or child. Examine your lifestyle. This is what people don't want to do and this is what people don't want to hear. Examine what you are practicing in your house. What are you worshiping? Are you and your family protected by the blood of Jesus, the lamb that takes away the sin of the world? And I will also say this, based on scripture, God doesn't have a problem if you have an abortion or not. The Bible doesn't speak about abortions, but I will say there are scriptures throughout the Holy Bible where God commands his people not to fornicate or commit adultery. The Bible speaks about it being better for stillborn babies never to have entered this evil world. God didn't allow King David. I want y'all to remember this. He did not allow King David and Bathsheba's baby to live as punishment for King David. That baby was born as a result of covetousness, murder, and adultery. David didn't fuss, fight, or argue with God. He prayed and fasted for God to allow the baby to live. God didn't answer David's prayer. The baby died at seven days old. David repented of his sins, and he and Bathsheba went on to have Solomon. And the Bible says that God loved that boy. He loved Solomon. So let's not blame God when a baby dies during birth or if a child suffers a tragic death, there could be multiple reasons why God didn't allow that child to live. We just read a lot of them. God is a good God. Satan is the ruler of this world system right now. God loves us. Satan hates God's people. So when you give him a foothold, if you give him a way to get into your house and set up shop, you should expect death. Because Jesus said in John 10, 10, that the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly or have it to the full. Now the thief is an alias for Satan. Jesus said the thief comes to steal. So it is Satan who's stealing the life of your infant. It is Satan who's stealing the life of your child and he comes to kill. So it's Satan who's killing your marriage, killing your infant, killing your child, and destroy. It is Satan who is destroying your family, destroying your life, not God. Jesus came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And saints, God is a good God. I want you to remember that. He wants us to walk in his love. Choose Jesus. Wear your cross. I hope you were blessed by this message. Peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to talkingbibletruth.cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you. Go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Camla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase R, capital C, lowercase A-M-A-L-E, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now, until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Kamala D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in and I hope to see you next time.